Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight's The Dash with Peter Mingles and and myself, Dawn Wright Oliveris. And we we had a really cool show yesterday, and it was an awful lot of fun. We talked about New Year's resolutions and and goal setting and just the power of intention and and just the the stuff that actually goes ahead and and puts our dream out there and makes us accountable to it, whatever it or they may be. So, you know, we got some inspired people who were posting on Facebook last night, sending me text messages telling me that, that they put the tools to use and because and we, we had done a little work together the year before. And um, my, my dear, dear, dear friend, Barb, she, she, <laughs> she came here with pneumonia to share a little bit about how exciting the just putting it out there, setting your intention, and, and how powerful that kind of work actually is. So, you know, Barb, if you can make it through your next coughing fit, why don't you, um, like, I, I was there when you wanted to go to Peru last year. Yes, you know? I did. Yes, and and Barb has some interesting challenges. So wh- why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you were facing when you wanted to go to just um, and why you wanted to go to Peru? Um, I I was having some issues with my teenage daughter. My husband had passed away, and um, we I needed to just get away. I also have a younger daughter who is profoundly handicapped, which requires a lot of nursing care, so it required me to have some nurses here um, 24 hours a day while I was going, um, which was a huge challenge to try to get all of that into place. And um, my funds that were supposed to be there weren't there. And um, after speaking with Dawn a lot and her telling me to set my intention of this is, this, this is going to happen, um, it happened. And I everything fell into place, and it was definitely, definitely putting it out there and making all of that happen. I ended up with nursing care for 23 hours a day for seven weeks, and the money hit the day before that I was planning on leaving, and um, it was amazing. Yes, and I needed it. Right. You didn't have a dime the day Not before you left. <laughs> Not a dime the day before I was leaving. But I was still going, but it was just nice not to have to sleep on the street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that really fondly because I was, I, you know, guys, we all get to sometimes be the person whose palms are sweating and we're, you know, not to say it like a little on the harsh side, but, you know, we're puking into the garbage can going, oh, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. What am I doing? Your stomach's in knots. You're sweating. Your family is thinking you're crazy. Barb's best friends were all telling her that she was going off the deep end. They thought she was losing it. And I was the voice who said, it's your dream, right? It's your dream. You know, just la, 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 la. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I'm going to Peru. And what was amazing is nobody, like, there there was nothing horrible. Everything came through. The money was just in your, I mean, it was a, a brilliant and amazing trip for you. It was, and my kids learned a lesson of being able to be self-sufficient and take care of themselves without relying on me, and my daughter was well taken care of, the younger one, and um, but I, I literally had Dawn talking me through and visualizing myself going there. And Until she needs it, that's right. 
We did visualization, <laughs> and you sent me a picture, and there you were. <laughs> and there I was. <laughs> there you were. And and so just for, for those of you out there who don't know, Barb has put herself through school. She is um, about to find out that she is one of um, the top pharmaceutical companies in the world's um, uh, new scientists. And I say that because uh, she has used exactly these things, exactly these tools, and put herself through school and is now a scientist. And uh and let me tell you, she deserved that trip to Peru, and she has done things that have I have just sat in awe and honor of this human being for the past many years. And she's she's come up against it and will put most of our sob stories to shame, and all of our excuses would be kind of like, oh, God, she just took them all away. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> she does. She takes excuses away from everyone she talks to. So Peter... Peter Mingles. Peter's here. Yeah, you you know Barb, and you know how amazing. I, I don't know if you know all of her stories, but I mean, what about you? Give us give us some of your stories. I got to tell mine. Barb told hers. What about Peter? Well, the the, the cool thing about Barb's story is, for you know, when we talk about scientists, I like to take a look at what happened with Barb, and then always work backwards and try to figure out, okay, what series of events did she put in place so this could happen? In essence, how did she create the fishbowl environment for these things all to come together? Because so many times people look at her and they just say, oh, she was just lucky. <laughs> well, she had to do a whole bunch of stuff. It wasn't like she sat on a mat with her legs crossed, arms <laughs> <laughs> <palms> extended, <laughs> And humming all day long, and then just something miraculously happened. So she didn't meditate her way only no. into this. She had done a lot of legwork. So my blue-collar background relative to the things is I'd love to hear from Barb, is I know it all came together at the end, but it also all came together as a result of all of the really tough things that she had to put together. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. you know, Barb, how long did you work on getting the money done? You know, and how long did you work on finding? It wasn't like you just looked up in the newspaper or in the phone book to find, let's see, 23-hour-a-day care for my daughter. And it wasn't like somebody just popped up and showed up at your doorstep on the last minute. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> Well, be the, careful, Peter. <laughs> yes. I, well, I don't know if that, that could happen sometimes, you know. The there was a lot of um, phone calls and contacts and um calling every single person that I knew, nursing agencies. It definitely was a lot of work. Um, there was a lot of getting support calls. Yes, it was a lot of, no, we can't do that, or, um, you know, there's no way. Um, it was being turned down by friends that I thought could come stay here for a few hours a day. It was a lot of work, but it happened. I didn't give up. I I knew I was going, and I was whatever I whatever I needed to do to make it happen. It was going to happen. I already already saw myself standing at Machu Picchu, so I knew I was doing it. So <laughs> you had a goal in mind, and this yes. is where I want my end result to be. And then you worked your tail off through everything. And if we exactly. were to take a look at this is the this is the part that I'm most fascinated by because I love it when the plan comes together. But unless we hear the whole story, 
then we don't know what it looks like when the plan is coming together. And I'll kind of share with you one little short story relative to me. It was on my very first day when I started working with a direct sales company that I realized if I don't show people what success looks like when it's happening, they might not recognize it. So when they don't recognize it, maybe their vision or their interest will change. So here's my little story. And I want to hear more about Barb's story, and I'd love to hear Dawn's story, because it just seems like, for whatever reason, the drawstring just comes together when you really need it. And that's not just luck. That's a lot of hard work and determination. So here's my little story. When I first wanted to learn the direct sales profession, I didn't know I wanted to learn the direct sales profession. I kind of got into it by accident or happenstance or circumstance. And I found myself wanting to be a manager trainee with a company that sold a product that most people would never want to sell. It happened to do with the vacuum cleaner brand called Electrolux. Now, the one you know today isn't the same one that I worked for, but for those people old enough to remember, that's how I got started. And I'll never forget on my very first day when I had to go knock on some doors on my own, and remember the theme, I didn't know what success looked like, so therefore I stopped. So I knocked on my first couple of doors, and the gal that I was working with, I won't mention her name because she's probably going to come up and beat me up if I tell you what her name was. <laughs> Somebody's going to do a Google search and find out who she might have been way back then. So I won't even give anybody that recognition. So, But the gal that I was working with prior to that, was training me for the very first time. And when she was training me for the very first time, she was short and she was cute and she looked like a Girl Scout. So anytime she knocked on someone's door, everybody let her in. So when she had to train me, now we had a different component. We had another person at the door. She was still cute. She was still small. She still looked like the Girl Scout. But unfortunately now she had me. And it was harder to get two people into a selling situation than there ever was one. She went through this, and I witnessed her going through the frustration that was happening as she was going through the learning curve. So she did what most people do, which she was, she bailed. Now, we all know what that's like. Like your teacher <laughs> decides that he has somewhere else to go. So she bailed. She had somewhere else to go. For all you people that build home-based businesses, your upline skirted out on you. Like they disappeared. And I was left to my own with no equipment, no nothing, but it was too early. And I said to my manager, what do I do? He said, go knock on some doors and go schedule some appointments. So I'll never forget the feeling that I had on my own all alone, rattling the gate, walking through, knocking on the door, wondering what the neighbors were thinking about as they were driving past or peering out their windows. That was kind of like a scary experience for me. And I said to myself, why hasn't anybody prepared me for this? Why do they just kind of like leave me alone? And it wasn't like I needed help. I wasn't afraid, but I was kind of unsure. And I said, somebody's really got to help me manage my way through these emotions. And I knocked on a door, and somebody said actually yes. And I felt, wow, that was weird because they always told us no. And then I knocked on another door, and guess what? That somebody else told me yes. And that was really weird because everybody told me no. And then I knocked on another door, but this was a weird one. I was door to door. I, I, there wasn't even a house there. The person wasn't there. There's a long driveway into the back where there was a converted garage. Now, I'm going to mention something. Maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to mention it anyway. 
at the end of the converted garage was a gentleman who asked me, do I want to get high? I know this might be a kid's show, but <laughs> most of the people probably know what that means. Do I want to get high? And I said, what? I'm here trying to figure out who's throwing all these obstacles in front of me. I'm getting a little bit confused here. Some people are saying yes. Some other people are saying no. Now this guy says, what are you doing? And do you want to get high is his first question. And I said, well, that's not exactly what I do. And he says, well, what do you do anyway? And I told him what I did, and he made an appointment with me because he said to me, well, if you're going to get the training credit for it anyway, shampoo my carpet for free. And I figured, (laughs) what a mistake am I making? I'm going through the motions here. I'm confused. So the bottom line here is I'm confused. I'm doing a demo. My manager said to do a demo for this guy anyway. So I made an appointment with him. Then I knocked on the next door. And he was not polite at all. And I know I cannot use the language that he said to me when I knocked on his door, so allow me not to say that. And he threw me off his property, kind of, verbally. And he says, and never come back. And I said to myself, I don't think that's even a thought process in my mind coming back. And I said, why am I doing these things to myself? Why are these things happening? And I really questioned, so here's the purpose, I really questioned a lot of the things that I had, a goal of being a manager trainee. Why am I putting myself through this? And no one actually explained that sometimes these things happened. Well, I ran back to my office because a couple of other people said yes. And when I said to my manager, Joe, what am I doing wrong? He said, you're an idiot. He's politely. He liked me. He says, Peter, you're an idiot. The biggest thing you did was left. You got six out of ten people to say yes. You'll probably never have six out of ten people ever to say yes again. And the reality was is I actually wound up selling a couple of those, even the person that kind of threw me off their property, which was really weird. But I didn't know what success looked like. So when you talk about your journey, we hear about how everything came together and you nailed Peru, and that everything came together and it like a magical fairy dust. The kids kind of figured out what to do. You know, the the nurses showed up on time. There was no tragedies. It all seemed like it fit. But you know what? That was a result of a lot of mini stories where sometimes you probably felt depressed, dejected, excited, disappointed, that whole thing. So I just want to, I always like, I always like to kind of, I love to hear that part because I love to hear the fun part, you know, where the prize is won and it all kind of comes together. But right now there's a lot of us that are going through the preliminary steps to get that done. And you've done this, Barb, I've learned a little bit about you through Dawn and the experiences we've had together. This is you. This is Barb. You've learned how to, this is what you do. And it's kind of fun to watch it happen all over again, as you're probably going to save plenty of people's lives doing whatever you're going to do with uh, this pharmacy thing that you're doing as far as cures and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about that whole journey. Like, was it all was it all peaches and creams, sunshine um, and flowers? <laughs> Absolutely not, as Dawn can attest to. She was uh, she was right by my side through the whole thing as I cried. Um, became frustrated. Um, I got angry because I definitely didn't think at one point that I was going to be able to go. Um, I mean, it was a lot of work. I, you just have to be tenacious, I guess. 
And Barb, just, you know, let, let's move a little bit away from Peru because you've done something way bigger than the, yeah. the, the peak of Machu Picchu, which will be on the blog post <laughs> this fall. <laughs> um, but, you know, people are like bigger than the peak of Machu Picchu. And she has because as a single mother with a disabled child who was recently widowed, um, she just put herself through school and is going for her doctorate and is now labeled a scientist and told her children at her graduation day that she had quit high school and never told them and put herself not only through getting her degree or diploma and then her GED and put herself through college so she would never not be an inspiration to her kids and that she went out and got her own dream. And I've watched this family pull together and sacrifice, and I have I have talked her off the ledge personally and off of the quitting. And I, I mean, one of the biggest things I think, Barb, is is everybody out there needs to have somebody that no matter how bad they want to quit, they can call that they're going to say, no way, you're not quitting. Absolutely. Do, I told Barb she's going to do my medical care. So so let's talk about <laughs> I free medical care out of this. But, I mean, let's talk about that because, you know, Machu Picchu was the break that you got. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was the break. <laughs> it was the break. Yeah, um, I, I had um, not finished high school because, um, you know, childhood wasn't, wasn't all that great. And uh, I had to take care of myself at 16 and work. And um, I just dropped out of school to do those things. And um, I ended up, my son is 26, and I ended up getting my e, my GED right before he was born. And I never told anyone that story because I was ashamed and embarrassed. And um, that's something that I kept for myself. And I graduated with a bachelor's degree in biology in May of this past year. And um, that very day, before we got out of the car, I looked at my daughter, who is 18, and said, I want to tell you something. I never graduated high school. I got a GED. And um, that was very huge for me. But I couldn't allow myself to tell her that until that day when I was going to be walking across the stage and getting my bachelor's degree. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was um, it was a little freeing, I guess, of being tied to that for so long. And um, it was really shameful and embarrassing and hurtful. And um, it was really nice to let go of that. And um, now and I'm... go get your dream. Yes, exactly. And I'm right on the verge of right now receiving an offer letter from a major pharmaceutical company that I was I was telling this to Dawn today that ever since I went for the interview and since I left that day, I have visualized myself with a badge for this company and driving there every day in my head and saying good morning to the man at the desk that I still remembered his name from my interview and saying hello to people as I walked down the hall because I want that job. Okay, and, Barb, um, how, how many how many how many times did you submit your resume for review for how many different positions at this company? Seventeen. How many? Seventeen. 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 <laughs> Seventeen. <laughs> and they never called me. Doesn't that qualify um, until this one. 
Doesn't it qualify her as stalker? what? Like a stalker? A stalker, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm guessing that maybe that's why they called me in because they were getting a little nervous. I applied for jobs to clean the animal cages, whatever I want, because I want to work there. And um, I actually got a phone interview and then a face-to-face interview with six different people, which took five hours. And um, since that day, and it's been like three weeks, that I have visualized myself working there every day and um, yesterday I got a call that I am the top contender and just a few things need to be buttoned up before I receive an offer letter so um, I, I really believe that your intention and what you want you can make it happen you just have to work hard it doesn't just magically come out of the sky but I think I mean 17 different jobs I applied for I was way overqualified for some and super underqualified for others. I just wanted them to know that I'm here <laughs> and I'm interested and I like your company and I like what you're doing. And um, I, I don't know. And I think the visualization of seeing myself actually being there has helped kind of cement that for me. Yeah, I, I mean, really, yesterday. I mean, who whoever got what they absolutely wanted without, like, completely and totally ignoring the obstacles and saying, no, okay, that's fine, but I, I'm going to go get this. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, you know, and all of those negative thoughts and those basement people and those self-limiting beliefs that we have and those fears that we have and, and, you know, then there's always got to be somebody. I mean, I know for myself personally, every time I'm going after something, even this show, and Peter knows, Peter knows, I mean, <laughs> some of the stuff that I've had to overcome to be on this show just right here tonight and what Barb and I have overcome in the past um, in the past months, you know, to go ahead and be here together laughing about all of this um, and just together here, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, guys, the obstacles are always there, and the fears and the the, the self limiting belief systems and the and the self doubt, and there's always somebody, always somebody who's going to ring loud and clear and resonate every fear that you have. And tell you that you're right about those, and that you should quit. <laughs> because I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think today, uh, what was it? Four minutes before the show, Peter. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the things that I learned early on was when I asked my mentor about the challenges that I was having. I said to him, Joe, I feel like I want to quit, and he said to me, Oh, that's normal. Mm-hmm. You'll want to quit. And then he, he was a comedian in a fun way because he would always do things relative to effect to kind of get my attention. And he says, oh, that's okay. If you're, if you're going to want to quit, that's normal. And he said, and I said, really, I'm going to want to quit? He said, yeah, sure. And he said, five times a day, if you are not wanting to quit five times a day, <laughs> you don't have a goal and i said joe why in the world would anyone want to do this to themselves why would anyone ever want to put themselves in a position where they will want to quit five times a day i mean that's weird i mean normal people would never do that i mean it's so emotionally draining and he said because that's what 
it takes, Peter, if you're going to step outside of your comfort zone, there's going to be some things that happen that make you think negatively, things that people say, things that happen, disappointments, who knows what it might be. And when they happen, they happen to the best people, and sometimes they happen for reasons, and sometimes it really stinks. But the reality is is you're going to want to quit five times a day. And I said, Joe, this is really tough. Why in the world do I want to be a manager if I'm going to want to quit this many times? And then, I, I don't know, how do you do your own little therapy on that? So I let me share with now this. I, I don't recommend that anybody do this, but this is the little mind game that, Peter allows to play with my own brain. So everybody's got to have their own delusional way of doing things, maybe. Or maybe I'm just delusional. So I would always say to myself, okay, I'm going to quit. But I'm going to quit tomorrow. Now, theoretically, if you say to yourself, that's it, I'm done, I'm quitting. This is good. I'm going to finish the day. I'm going to go through the motions. I'm going to still keep on with my goals, but I'm quitting tomorrow. Well, Tomorrow comes, and what do you have to say? Because you're going to get faced with quitting again, right? All these things, you know, disappointment and everything else like that. I said, okay, um, you can quit tomorrow, Peter. And I keep <laughs> kicking the can to tomorrow. So theoretically, it's like a paradox. I, I can quit. It makes me feel good at least. Okay, good. I'm done with this. This really sucks. That's over. I'm done. I'm not going to put myself through this torture. I'm going to finish the day. I'm going to continue working. I'm going to do whatever demos I have to do. I'm still going to do all the things I have to do because successful people do the things that failures refuse to, but I'm quitting tomorrow. And you know what usually happens? Because I keep working, because I keep, you know, my focus, and then I promise myself I'm going to quit tomorrow. Tomorrow comes and I say, okay, I can quit tomorrow, and I never quit. But I needed the little release valve to to take the pressure because otherwise it can sometimes drive you nuts. So my little recommendation would be is figure out whatever seems to work for you. In my little delusional escape valve process, <laughs> I was able to kick the can to the next day. I'm going to work my butt off. I've never quit anything that I really wanted to do, but I'll just quit tomorrow is what I would normally say to myself. And that seemed to always work because the harder that I worked, here's also the thing that happened. Some of the best things that ever happened to me happened after some of the worst things that ever happened to me. Amen. And I I realized that that was almost a predictable pattern. So it was – now, it's not easy to steer – you know, if you're steering down that car – you know, you're steering your car down that road and the worst things that ever happen are going to be right after the best things that ever happen – that's what I guess some people call faith, and I don't know how it works, Dawn. I can't tell you how it works. I, I, I can tell you a lot of people describe it, whatever words they use, but I know for people like me and people like you and people like Barb and probably a whole bunch of people that have learned how to play this, like work this, use this concept it always seems to help. I don't know if it's divine intervention. Call it whatever you want. Some people would call it the law of attraction, the super conscious, you know, whatever it is they're going to – I don't care how you label it. All I know, Dawn, is it always seems to just kind of happen when I have the goal and the vision and I work my tail off, mm-hmm. just persistently pushing constantly towards what I'm looking for. The universe seems to just fall into place. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to be more stubborn than your obstacles, you know. Um, and, and there are times where you have to be bigger than your obstacles. And when you're not feeling bigger, you need to call somebody. Like, like I always told Barb, and I've told, you know, some really close friends, if there's ever a time that you don't feel bigger than your obstacles or you don't believe in you, just believe in my belief in you. Because I believe in yep. Barb. Like, I believe in Barb. I believe in my friend Tammy. She's right now. I mean, she. these women are going out there. I mean, I, for some reason, I attract these brilliant and beautiful women who are such nurturers that they've decided they're going to go heal the world. And they're nursing, the, you know, critical care nurses that work in pediatrics. Or they're, you know, Tammy just got her job in, in um, and she's the one who made those pumpkin cakes for us, Barb. Um, oh, yeah, she, yeah, she, I she, remember. She does big goods and saves the world, um, just like you do. <laughs> she made these beautiful pumpkins, Peter. I have to tell this story. Barb and I, we're going to go looking for mine and Alex's wedding cakes. And we're both in, and now both of us are just, we're, we're unique in our tastes and very eclectic in our tastes. We're like different and unique, and if, if somebody else has what I'm wearing, I'm going to give it to someone. You know, I, I want something very different, and everything has to be different. And tell so me Barbara you didn't have a pumpkin. Just tell me you didn't have a pumpkin. Like I had cake. three pumpkins. They looked like Cinderella's no, no, pumpkins. No, but they weren't pumpkin. We- it wasn't pumpkin wedding cake, right? No, it wasn't pumpkin okay, wedding good. cake. Right, they good, were good, three good. cakes I'm, I'm, that okay, were good. shaped like Cinderella's pumpkins without gotcha. the wheels. And gotcha. But what's beautiful about this is Barb and I sat tasting cake and looking at all these traditionally beautiful wedding cakes and going, well, that's really beautiful, and that's really beautiful, when both of us, without being willing to sound stupid to each other, are eyeing these incredibly awesome pumpkins <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of hours, and we're so sugar, you know, we're sugared up, we're, we've got headaches, we just want a real cup of coffee and a real real meal, and I walk over and I'm like, I know that I'm going to sound just stupid right now, and she said, you have not been looking at those cakes. <laughs> and they, uh, so, so the moral of the story is, A, you know, sometimes our dream and what we, we like, you know, it, we might think that it's really, really stupid and that it's small and it's insignificant. Let me tell you that not only were those cakes just so, so beautiful, but they wanted $900 for these cakes at this cake shop. And so I contacted a friend of mine, and I said, you make the most incredible baked goods I've ever had in my life. Her name is Tammy White. Um, I, I have to find out where to, where to go on her Facebook page. I'll have her on so that you guys can meet her soon. But because um, she was listening to the radio show last night and uh, was was loving the smart goal techniques and and was posting on her fan page, and so I called her up and I said I have a challenge for you, and I sent her a picture of these cakes, and she went and she her her palms were sweating because <laughs> boy did I set a challenge before her, but she made the most beautiful harvest wedding cakes. Um, with champagne frosting, mind you. They looked like Cinderella's pumpkins and um, and Tootsie Roll stems and the most beautiful, beautiful wedding cakes in the world. So even right down to if it's your wedding and you want something special. Um, and you always have to have that one person by you that's not going to call you crazy that maybe was looking at the pumpkin wedding cake too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We could have you know. saved ourselves a lot of hours. Yes, and sore we did. bellies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, and I, I mean, Peter, I, I got to tell you, in home-based business, I have spent 25 years listening to people call me crazy. You know, I mean, whether, like, I think recently, a few years back, somebody gave me a product, and I thought, this is a, a healing water that tastes like chlorinated pool water, salty chlorinated pool water. Um, and in network marketing, you know, and in home-based businesses in general, specifically in the network marketing and lotions and potions world, there are some things that come out that my father has looked at me and goes, she's selling snake juice off the back of a wagon. Are you kidding me right now? And people have called me crazy for 25 years. But let me tell you, you know, if, if somebody calling me crazy ever stopped me from going after my dreams, you know, there would be a lot of people out there that, that – you know, that didn't get blessed by some of the, the ideas, you know, and my family and my children, you know, I, I'm watching my son launch his own T-shirt company right now. You know, my daughter is going through school. She's going to help do, um, she's going to help work on, on the dash. And, you know, my friends have, you know, gone and gotten their degrees. And, and you know, it's just there's so many reasons, you know, to go ahead and fight past the obstacles and the naysayers and the the you crazies. Yes, absolutely. So the the key ingredient I think in many people is I've kind of tried to take a look at what makes people click, what makes them work. Those people that talk this way, what is it about them that we can kind of scientifically document of sorts in a soft science way? And one of them would be that driving passion. It's that I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it no matter what. And, Don, I don't know if that's something that certain people are born with genetically, if it's turned on for whatever reason. So what are your thought processes? Why do some people have it, and then why do some people not have it? And then what happens if people lost it? Because I think in trying times like the economy and a whole bunch of other things, it's really easy to have it kicked out of you in the wrong search situation. So talk to me about that. Do you, either you got it, you don't got it, or you had it kicked out of you, and how do you get it back? Well, for me, I know that I'm, I, I came in stubborn. Uh, my mom told me that, you know, I was six, and telling everybody in the room, including my six-foot-five father, that I didn't agree. <laughs> so, you know, some of us, I believe, do come in with a very fiery spirit. And, and I, I also, and, and Sai taught me a lot of this, where, you know, our parents, you know, our parents are very much responsible for whether or not they tell us that we can't enough that we inevitably believe them. Um, they say, and, uh, you know, the all-powerful they say, that most of our subconscious belief systems, 80% of them are installed, like hardwired into our, our, our hard drives, our brains and our conscious and subconscious and superconscious minds, our computers, by the time we're eight years old. Okay, all of the, like when you turn on your computer and, and all of these little things, you hear the humming and then the, the lights seem to come on and then the keyboard lights up and all, there are thousands of things going on. Before the, and now you can use this computer. And Psy likened everything that's going on under the surface before that light turns on and you can use the computer, which we'll, we'll call the conscious mind, that those are subconscious programs. Those are the things that are all installed that we don't even realize are there. 
okay? They're how much money is a lot of money. They're, well, no, you can't eat the cookies while you're in the grocery store. That's wrong. Well, who said it's wrong? As long as I pay for the package when I'm leaving, why can't I eat the cookies? Why does my kid have to be clean if they're not screaming and they're eating the cookies and they're not annoying everyone in the grocery store? What makes it wrong for me to feed my three-year-old some cookies? <laughs> who says? Okay, well, maybe my mom said or maybe maybe Barb's mom said. Maybe somebody else's mom told them that it was, you know what, they have to wait for that. They had to wait for that so much that they forgot believing in a childlike way that they could have it now, okay? And, you know, when we come into this world, Peter, I can promise you that not one of us came in thinking in delayed gratification and I quit. And I know that because we all walk, because a a toddler's head is twice, I think, the weight of their body. To the point where when we're trying to learn to walk on two legs, we are being pulled down by the force of gravity by uh, onto our heads over and over and over. And I can promise you that I know most of the people in my age bracket that if every time we attempted to go get our dream, we were slammed into the ground or into a corner of a table uh, and smacked our heads, that we would quit after the first time. (laughs) But for some reason, when we're two, we'll do it a thousand times just so that we can walk because other people do. Okay? And we keep getting up and we keep walking or we keep falling until one day we don't and we get our first three or five steps and everybody squeals and we fall again. (laughs) But we keep doing it until we walk. And that is just purely because we want to. And nobody told us we couldn't. And and I believe we all come in with it. I think we all come in with no matter what, whatever it takes, I'm going to do that. And that the the quitting is taught behavior. And yeah, it is, you know, uh, you get you get hit in the head so many times as an adult and sometimes you just go, you know what, this just isn't worth it. Whereas a child, as a little kid, we don't know that it's not worth it. We just know that we want it. And failure's not an option. And if we applied that now, and when we apply that now, when we say, no, I am going to go to Peru, I'm in the middle of putting myself through my degree, I, I haven't had a break, I've been eating Top Ramen, I was showering in ice water three months ago, people, I'm going to Machu Picchu, I need divine inspiration, and I'm going to go. And that somebody is there going, yeah, so what, you banged your head, get up, go. So what, you banged right. your head, get up, go. You need divine inspiration, and I don't think Barb would have gotten her degree if she didn't go to Machu Picchu. I think she would have quit. I think right. that would have been one thing to quit until the next thing to quit. And now, look at her. Now she's visualizing herself at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm walk. I visualize myself walking down the hall of that company every single morning. That's right. Saying hello and you to people. your head a couple times. Seventeen of oh, them, yeah. actually. <laughs> yes, yeah, seventeen. Seventeen times I banged my head. <laughs> So what and you felt think, dejected. Yeah, I just, I just didn't give up. That's right. So I mean, you know, I just think that you know, look, I just recently banged my head pretty hard too. You know, we all bang our heads, and it, it, it sometimes it's somebody else slamming it with a brick, and there's sometimes it's us just taking a wobble and a topple. You know, but 
like, I mean, you think about how many times Benjamin Franklin electrocuted himself, or wait, Tom, uh, who, who, yeah, Benjamin Franklin, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> you think about how many times the people who created the most magical things that we have today on this planet failed, you know, before they succeeded, and you know, I guess I guess it's just, you know, some people just choose not to quit. That's it, you know. People who are told they can't have a baby, you know, and and they try for years, and the minute they stop trying and take the pressure off, they have a baby. Sometimes it, it's the it's the pressure that we put on ourselves that causes us to quit or fail. I don't know, Barb. What do you think? Where's Peter? Uh, Peter's here. Oh well, what do you think? <laughs> you know, I think some of it is. Um inherited i think sometimes it's just the thought process that some people have they just have that in them and for those people i call them lucky because it's already genetically encoded it's part of their dna it could happen regardless of their upbringing it's just kind of like the way they are and then there's a lot of other people that have to somehow they started off not that way and they have to learn that behavior and that's really tough, especially in most of the times where the deck is kind of stacked against you. You might be around other people that don't think the same way. You may have started from humble beginnings. You might have a whole bunch of obstacles in your way. So I guess for that group of people, I think the most important part is just to hear this kind of a message over and over again, that there is a way, you can get it done, it's going to take some time and some practice. You're going to face some obstacles. You're going to probably want to quit lots of times during the day if it's worthwhile. But we're fortunate to live in an environment where all of that stuff is possible. So unlike maybe some of the other countries that might be listening in, um, we have that opportunity here. Matter of fact, we have that advantage. So anyone from almost any beginning can find the help and the resources, and yes, it's going to stink, and yes, it's going to be tough, but it's all quite possible. And then the other thing, Dawn, I think that I always like to remember is that everybody goes through it. I don't know anyone that ever was successful that couldn't somehow show you their little bumps and their bruises and their stories and their other things along the way. So it has company. It's almost a necessary part of the journey. And that's not pessimistic. That's just kind of like describing like the way it is. So when you're in it, embrace it. Some people say if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. I want to beat the crap out of that guy. I just want to beat the bejesus out of that person and say, it almost killed me. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I almost jumped off the roof. Like, don't tell me that that's good for me. I don't like this. This isn't fun. I'm fighting back with everything I got. And somewhere come close to me, I better not have a baseball bat because I'm going to jail after I'm done with you, pal. <laughs> no. <laughs> Some, sometimes they want, they line up. They I tell line you. up. Yes, and you know, Peter. Um, right now, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that my friend Emma, my and Barb's friend Emma, is going to call in, and if if we see her, I'll pop her on the mic. But she just posted on Facebook something that that I've heard years and years and years, and it's you know, this is right on topic. Okay, the bumblebee. Okay, if anybody has ever seen the bumblebee, okay, 
it's too big. Its body mass is too big in comparison to its wingspan, and it's way too heavy for it to be able to fly. It is absolutely pos- uh, positively impossible for the bumblebee to fly. Am I right, Barb, Miss Scientist? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is, it's not possible. It's awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's awkward. <laughs> but nobody told the bumblebee. Okay? Nobody told the bumblebee. Ah, Miss Emma, she is here. Yay. You were the one that told me about the bumblebee. That's why I, I put it up because I'm a creepy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and and so so little bumblebee, you know, what what have you been up to since I know you're at work and I know you may have to leave us and, and the show's wrapping up shortly. Emma, this is Peter and you know Barb and everybody who's listening. Hey, hey, um, hey. Hey Emma. So so Tell us what it, what have you been up to? What what goals? What what obstacles are you overcoming? Give us a, give us a little something. Ah, uh, life, <laughs> tuition, <laughs> tuition, and life, and graduating, and work, and bills, and life. <laughs> you know, I I'm just gonna tell run away. This this <laughs> this little chicka over here is also one of my heroes and has overcome every obstacle known to man. Um, and has put herself through school, and she has never had a handout or a leg up that I have ever seen. Um, and she is truly one of the heroes out there. And what, what are you, what are you gonna get this degree in? It's, it's gonna be. Um, I have a biology major. Same thing as Barb. We took a, fu- a couple classes together. It's actually how I met her, and then realized yes, that you guys. Yes, I know. Were I I'm told like, her to go. <laughs> like, yeah. Go, <laughs> go figure. Of course, you guys would be friends. So I'm. I'm Wrapping that up, and then as soon as I'm done with my biology major, then I'm going to apply for optometry school, and I'm just going to pack up all of my stuff and go somewhere, and just it's all going to work out. You're going to move to <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> hey, Peter, i got to just say that these two women that are, are, are truly two of my heroes in life are, are both, like me, from Newtown, Connecticut, and... You know, Newtown just went through some really, really heavy, heavy stuff, and is still going through some heavy stuff. And even in the midst of all of it, you know, there are people that are going after their dreams and that are saying, you know, no matter no matter how hard I've just taken it to the knees or to the head or face-planted, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to be light for people and I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to do the next right thing and I'm going to send the resume in again and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get another job to cover my tuition or my books or whatever. I mean, I I don't know how many jobs Miss Canfield has, but I can tell you she has more jobs than anyone I've ever met before in my life. That's a lie. That's a lie. (laughs) Dawn, I've watched you sit at your computer for like Seven days straight without sleeping. <laughs> well, I didn't say that you work more hours than me. I just <laughs> yeah. Well, if you guys think I'm a workaholic, wait till you meet Pete. <laughs> oh boy, he foregoes all forms of sleep and nutrition. He said, oh, "Can I get three minutes to eat about six minutes before the show?" That was the I, first bite I he took. So to I forgot to eat. Yes, <laughs> I forgot to eat. So, you know, it takes work. Everybody who gets what they want in life works like nuts to get it. I, I period. I don't think 
I think that anybody out there who's listening who's like, I want to sit on my butt and eat bonbons with my clicker and my cozy pajamas, um, unless your clicker is running your computer, because <clears throat> I tell you, like, I have been plenty cozy in my pajamas three days later, wishing I could just go grab a shower, working around the clock to get a website launched, and Emma's watched it, and so is Barb. But, um, you know, guys, it takes just everything. It takes the blood and the sweat and the tears and, and quitting five times a day and um, or thinking about quitting five times a day but planning to quit tomorrow. <laughs> Right? I mean, I don't think anybody has ever ever reached their dreams or their goals without having to push through it. I, I completely they, agree. Or if they did, they got lucky, and it was only a matter of time before it was taken away from them. That's right. Because they didn't earn it. And I don't right. know what I don't know why that is sometimes, but if you don't earn it, it just seems like it's not yours to keep. So even if you do get lucky, um, we've seen it before lots of times with, you know, people that get in positions, people that win money, people that got gifts, people like stuff like that. Unless you earn it, you really never know how to kind of be able to keep it. So, Don, the most important thing that I like doing about this show is I know we talk about these things, but there is inevitably a minority of the people that might be listening in that really needed to hear this. They really needed to hear it because they quit for the second time today or the third time today, and they said to themselves, I didn't know if I was doing it right or not. I was losing my faith. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it's not always fair. Yes, it's pretty tough. Yes, you're probably the only one looking. You might even be ridiculed by other people. But if you really have that goal and the intentions are pure and you really want to help yourself and other people as well, if you just stick with it, one day sometimes strings into another day, and then all of a sudden you kind of get lucky as you go along. So all those days where it was like sitting, sitting, sitting in front of your computer for seven days, wondering like, oh, my gosh, thank gosh they don't have video cameras on these things, you know, or webcams <laughs> on this. You know, or, oh, my oh my gosh, you know, if I was a nutritionist, somebody wouldn't look at how many Diet Cokes or Mountain Dews or whatever <laughs> else I've been kind of. <laughs> that's, that's the price that you pay to be the entrepreneur sometimes. And, unfortunately, there's not a lot of people out there that think that way because they just think these things miraculously happen. So I applaud all of those people that are working through their dash. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Work through it. Make it happen do great things, and if enough people kind of tag along and do that, we can make a real solid difference in the world. So that's it. I I am done. I'm spent on this call. I'm going well, back. I've got to do two things because we have to make sure we do them. For those of you who are listening out there, if you have not clicked the follow button, you won't know five minutes before, 15 minutes before the next show. So our next show is to, is on Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and uh, and we're going to be doing stuff on, yeah, it's a lot less inspirational, but it's a lot more critical, taxes. We're going to have one of our fabulous guests come on board and, and, and talk tax time with us, and um, and uh, we're going to do that at least once a week through tax season. So, you know, if you guys are, are wanting to know how to go ahead and, you know, like like everybody knows, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Okay, and for those of you, and I, I also want to say this, Peter, because one of the things that that you know sometimes you do the work, sometimes you earn it, and it disappears anyway. And so, um, I, I know people who have worked really hard at their marriages, who have worked 
endless hours at their businesses who have done everything right and with the economy or just with, you know, a spouse who has a lack of character or, you know, God forbid, like, you know, they they lose their spouse to a tragic accident or a child to a, a, a terrorist who just enters their school building, okay? There are people out there who don't deserve what has happened to them and are true victims, okay? And there are true victims out there. There are the people who walk through life who play victim, and they're really, really married to their story, and they don't get up and brush themselves off and go back after their life and their dream, and they let the the, the hits of the knees or the head take them out of the game. Um, I'm going to just be the voice to say, you know, as somebody who has had these things happen to me, like, um, you know, who has, who has, like, really, I mean, been taken down by death after death after death in my family or had really tragic things happen in my business life or in my personal life and have had to look at the pieces of my life on the ground and I know that Barb has done this, and I know that Peter has done this, and I know that Emma has done this. So I am not alone when I say, you know, in those moments where you just look at it all and it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to ever pull back together and that you just don't know how you're going to get to the next day and that you're you're looking at the bridge and jumping looks like a good idea. And that could be, you know, a literal thing or it can just be a figurative thing. Um, you know, and you just don't want to get out of bed and you just don't want to do it again, just know that, you know, you're in really good company and that tomorrow is another day and that there are people who will say, you know what, so what, you hit your head, do it again anyway. It's worth it. Life is worth living and love is worth doing and, and having. No matter what, you know, no matter how bad it hurts when it disappears, it's worth it every single minute, and it's what makes your dash have meaning. It's what makes from the beginning of the first breath till the end of the last one, it's what makes life worth being here for. So I just really appreciate all of you guys. I love you very much. And and just I really hope to see you guys on Monday for, for the very next episode of The Dash. Thanks. Have a great one. Thanks week. for having me. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, hon. Bye. Bye.